Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! And now the pitch by Martinez is up and in and hits Gerald Williams on the left hand. Dig your cleats in. Now he's going to charge the mound. He's going to charge Martinez, and the fight is on. He got a right hand in before he's grabbed from behind by Baratek, and now the benches are empty. It's time for Hour 2 of the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris. Yerzhinsky wanting to know, am I going? He is going. And Mike Lynch. It is a collision at the plate, and Yerzhinsky not only Step up to the plate for hour two of the hot corner. Posenda getting into it with Barrett. I mean, there is some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. On 1080. Rudin's a help. Whoa. Bautista got all he could handle with that. Wow. That's some pretty solid contact right there. The fan. This, welcome to the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you missed any of the first hour, you can catch that on the Les Schwab Tires podcast that you can download at 1080 The Fan, wherever you get your podcasts. It's lit! Oof. And uh, huh. speaking of podcasts, we got the Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow. That finishes our Fresh Hop series. Get that wherever you get your podcasts as well. Been making Mike dance between AEW and NXT. Yeah, this is really, I'll be honest with you, this is really one of my first experiences watching any wrestling. <laughs> I don't, I, I I was not allowed to watch growing up. That still kills me. It's not so much like, oh, I just didn't watch it. It wasn't allowed. Yeah. Either. Yeah. It was not allowed. I saw Pulp Which, Fiction when I was eight. Well, hey, honestly, going back as a 27-year-old and watching some of the old WWE, WWF wrestling from the 1999 to that time, well, I'm your 90, mother I'm, made a fantastic choice in I'm, not letting you watch that. I'm 1998 SummerSlam right now. That's where I'm watching going <laughs> right. back. And I just, it, mostly, it's just... It's just the women's yeah, stuff. It's just, that yeah. stuff blows my mind. <laughs> that when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, fake boobies. They had like a, a gravy tub match where they had yeah, chicks and, re- wrestling in like turkey gravy for th- their Thanksgiving episode. And you're just like, this is not okay. Like at all. I <laughs> love women. As Mike would say, <laughs> I love gold. So, so Mama Lynch made the right choice. So watching this is very interesting because I'm wa- we have been bouncing back and forth, and this NXT match is going on for way too long, and they're both very tired. And well, and one guy is like massively ripped, and the other dude is just a fat, <laughs> strong dude. I see it in the glass over there. You can turn it on seven fifty eight, man. If- <laughs> I'm stealing that from you, Mike. I really wish that. Uh, I really wish that I could show Mike like a, a real match. A real match, but uh, yeah, this is this is not one. 
Oh, man. This is not doing it. This is not doing <laughs> it. This is not selling me on wrestling being fun to watch. Well, to I can flip back over to AEW. I mean, want. well, now oh, it's kind of gone. The belt swings in. Oh, you it's see. over. You're getting some action now. Now it's too late. I, now I'm invested, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> if I don't the care. ref's like, what? What? What, what just happened? happened? <laughs> like, like, I you wasn't clearly just... know what happened. I wasn't just standing there the whole time. Oh, man. I mean, we're switching back to AEW, and that breaks my heart. Whatever. <laughs> we got these, fuck, these, these, these fun Amazon kids. Did I really do it? Did mm-hmm. I hit it? Mm-hmm. Just in case. Yeah, just, in just in case. case. <laughs> now okay, AEW I'm, just has you guys totally enthralled. I'm enthralled by Patrick laying that slip so easily. <laughs> After today's postponement due to weather, which was so crazy because it was pouring rain here today, the Yankee-Astros series is suspended until tomorrow where we get game four. But that does not take us away from how incredibly crazy games one, two, and three have been. This series is kind of right now living up to everything we thought it would be. Absolutely. The final scores, I don't think necessarily dictate it, but I would say early innings, innings one through five of every game so far have been must-watch innings absolutely correct absolutely it's been a lot of fun it's been everything that we hoped it would be even as a yankees fan if i watch it as a neutral i'm thrilled that the games have been exciting because it just makes the game that much more exciting to watch and stressful but i know that the conversation around the two teams is going to be that much more fun to talk with other people about when the games are over it's been great and i think i think you know it's great when Zach Granke gets lit, you know, it's lit. when Zach Granke comes in and doesn't look that awesome. Yeah. Masahiro Tanaka comes in, looks great. Kind of Play- like playoff Tanaka showed up. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, oh, there's that playoff Tanaka. Yeah. And Garrett Cole comes in in game three and you're kind of like, oh, man, you look shaky. And they, but Severino looks shaky. Yet you're in the fifth, and Severino's still out there, and the game's within reach. Meanwhile, you pulled Paxson in game two when he'd only given up one run in the third. Would you like to start there, Michael? Oh, sure. I was going to get there. I was just saying it's interesting the difference between that. It's been a very interesting series on strategy for both teams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Astros have a little bit more leeway with their starters because they're better right? Um, in terms of length that they can go out there. But, but I don't love their bullpen. It's pitched well so far. It's pitched but well so far, but I don't love it. No, no, no. But I don't love it like a like your bullpen. Well, please remove Adam Adovino from your thoughts because he has been <laughs> horrific. But um, but yeah. So we can start there. We can start wherever you want. I just I've watched every single second of this series, so I can go wherever you want to go. Well, so. I think I think where I want to start is starting pitching, and I think I think we always knew starting pitching was going to be something, and so far we've. Kind of been correct on that. I thought I I was a little surprised that Severino got knocked around a little early, but I wasn't surprised that he cooled down and got to the fifth. Like, I mean, I alluded to it in a, a minute ago, and I know we're kind of jumping around the place, but I want to talk about pitching performances. And it got to the fifth inning, and I'm looking up. Yeah, I remember in the second inning, I was like, Sev, this isn't going to go well for you. You're probably going to get pulled, but the Yanks got a good bullpen. They'll stick in the game. And I li- actually listened to most of that game on the radio. Uh, Dan Schulman, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and come, come, get, get to work. Walk back in, and it's the fifth inning, and Sev's still on the mound. And I was like, oh, ooh, and it's still two nothing, and still two nothing. And I'm like, 
I like this. I like this a lot. And I thought it was really strong of him and the kind of guy that the Yanks are going to need because he's probably going to have to pitch again. Yes, absolutely. The way this series is going, they're going to need Severino again. Hopefully not out of the bullpen, but he's most likely going to make another start in this series. And I just think if you're Aaron Boone, you're over the moon with struggle early, which, I mean, he's only pitched, what, like five starts this year? I think you're over the moon if you're a Yankee fan at how well Severino pitched. Well, what you've seen from him in the playoffs is frankly what you've seen from him in, in the playoffs in his career is he tends to be a little bit shaky, over energetic in the first inning or two, and then really settles down and pitches well. Uh, you didn't really see it against the Twins. He he stranded a bunch of runners. Remember they had the base loaded, nobody out against him in that Twins game, game three, and he got strikeout, strikeout, pop up uh, to or I forget the right order of it, but maybe pop out first and strikeout, strikeout. He he's shaky early and then kind of gets it together. There's a, there's a certain kind of amped up energy, and that's kind of what happened. Against the Astros, except it, it kind of reared its ugly head in the fact that his slider wasn't moving. He was throw, he threw two hanging sliders. Both were hit for home runs, one from Altuve, one from Redick. And beyond that, he was great. And that is huge because, to me, it goes Tanaka, Severino, Paxton in terms of who you trust the most at this point in the season if you're a Yankee fan. Uh, it's Tanaka first. He's Tanaka is an elite playoff pitcher. He's not going to get talked about like a Madison Bumgarner because, well, he's not Madison Bumgarner and he has yet, yet to win a World Series. But um, he is so dang good in the playoffs. Hopefully that continues tomorrow. But um, Severino has such a vibe around him. There's a confidence to him where Paxton kind of has a little bit of a shaky lack of confidence sometimes when he's pitching his facial expressions and his body language. But I think Severino is kind of their number two right now in terms of importance uh, for the Yankees moving forward. It's great to see that he's that he's pitching better because I think he's fun to watch, and if he's healthy, it's great. Well, we talked about this last week before we got into the Astros series, before the series started. You and I both sat here, and I know you're you're way more critical on the Yankees than I am. I just like to poke fun at Aaron Boone, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but Tanaka was brilliant, was playoff Tanaka. You said he should get more credit than he actually deserves. And Severino, despite being shaky in the beginning, was still pretty good. Mm -hmm. And seeing Cole get hit a little bit last night, this Yankee rotation is fairly solid. However, I absolutely, absolutely despise the move of pulling James Paxton as early as he was pulled. And I loved the move of pulling James Paxton as early as he was pulled. And to me, it looked like you just said that Paxton looks like a guy who doesn't have confidence on the mound, well, yeah, that shows when your wannabe manager pulls you from the game in an important game that you weren't pitching that bad in. Uh, here's the difference. He was pitching poorly, in my opinion. Now, it wasn't showing on the scoreboard yet, but this is what Paxton does, and I think any Mariner fan will know this, and I was warned about this from John Sukanik. He warned me many times about who, who James Paxton was as a pitcher. He goes, Paxton is brilliant, two out of every 10 starts. He's terrible two out of every 10 starts, and the other six, he's fine. That's what that's what I was warned about. And that's what I saw from James Paxton this year. He was, early in the season, he went through a, a stretch of four starts where he struck out like 15 each game. It was unhittable. And then he couldn't get an out. And then it, his first innings became an issue, and he was giving up two runs every first inning, and he was turning into a home run machine. And at the end of the year, he became a lot more consistent 
but still gave up three or four runs, had a great start, had a bad start. You know, it's kind of that's who James Paxton is. When you watch James Paxton, you know whether he has it or not from the first, maybe the second inning, because his first inning, whatever reason, he's got a mental thing with that. From the second inning on, you know if he has it or not. Well, he's Canadian. <laughs> Slow to start. Weird. In that game, Chabra. he was missing location on everything. His curveballs were bad. His fastballs were bad in terms of location. And he was getting away with it, but it was starting to unfurl. And guess who was coming up but the top of the Astros lineup again, which you do not want to face when you're not locating your pitches very well. That move worked out, too, I'll add. He brought in Chad Green, who was sensational in the next two innings. The move I had the problem with was pulling Chad Green for Adam Adovino to face George Springer, who he promptly gave up a solo home run to on the first pitch, by the way, because Chad Green was pitching on a different level. He was perfect. He was so good. That's the move that I didn't like because that was an analytics-driven move with no thought of what was happening on the mound. That was we had a plan. And the plan was Adam Adovino is going to pitch to George Springer. The plan was not removed once you saw Chad Green mowing down every single hitter he was facing. Also a guy, by the way, who's been an opener and has thrown 30-plus pitches multiple times. He was only at 24 or whatever it was in the 20s. You don't pull Chad Green in that moment, I don't think. My issue with the whole thing, and we got to get out of this. We got to get out of here on this. My whole issue with the whole thing is that I think Paxton could have got to green in more like the fourth or late third. But do I you just, take that risk if he gives up three runs because of it? Yes, because I think this Yankee bullpen is that important. I think it's that valuable that, yes, there are a ton of arms in there, but <clears throat> with this relentless Houston offense, which is where I want to go next, I think each arm in that bullpen, sure, Ottavino doesn't look great, but Green is so, so important to you right now. And maybe that's the moment where you use him. I just would have liked to see a little more patience with Paxton, seen him in a little more trouble than one run to just pull the yank. Well, it was one run and what was it, two on at that point when they pulled him, I think. But I still would have wanted to – Here's here's the only thing I'll say before we go. I know we got a break. I'm sorry, Joe. Um, the you have to take into account that you're facing Verlander and Cole in those games. If you give up three runs, the chances of you losing are 95. percent Understood. So when you see that forming and you see Paxton missing and getting frustrated, you nip it in the bud. It worked, and the Yankees wound up taking the two one lead on the Judge home run, and you're like, oh my god, they could win this game. And then we went to 11 innings, and it was epic and really stressful and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> um, it was that I, I, I at first didn't love it, but after thinking about it, I loved removing Paxton at that moment. I hated the Adovino move. That's my official hot take. All right, fair enough. I hate Aaron Boone, and Mike is trying to convince himself that he doesn't hate Aaron Boone. That's the moral of that story. I love Aaron Boone. When we come back, I want to dive into the Astros side of thing and how we see – uh, from their vantage point, the way the rest of this ALCS goes. This is the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan.
Diving into the ALCS as we have, you know, kind of chatted. I think we focused a little bit on on starting pitching. In, but it talked more Yankees than Astros in that starting pitching. But I think it was more deserved um, just because I think we got what we assumed. I mean, we did touch on Garrett Cole struggling a little bit, but he's Man. settled right in. New and York lost Cole. a huge opportunity on that. I think Garrett so. Cole was at his worst as I've seen in months. And, All season. And they didn't score. And they didn't score. Uh, and, I, you know, I thought. I thought Verlander did his thing, and the Yanks got to Granky as they should have, as we kind of thought. You know, we we saw we saw that Granky was vulnerable, and the Yanks jumped on it, and that was smart of them. Uh, I do I I am worried about today's rain out because what did we talk about last week? We talked about how the Rays pushed the Astros in a way that was probably going to be detrimental to them. And now they're sitting 2-1 up, going into game four, and they got an extra day's rest. They're throwing Granky. We talked about... It was going to be a bullpen game for them, which would have been probably a disaster. Going to be a Wade-Miley game? Well, he's not even on the roster. Oh, geez. It would have just been... I follow baseball, I promise. There's a guy named Arquiti who's on their team who's a young rookie that they were going to throw, but they didn't trust necessarily. It sounded like that was going to be a sure loss for them. And they were like, that's fine. We'll get out of New York 2-2. Or, well, there's one more game. Oh, right, right. Oh, because it's 2-3-2. Two, three, three, two. Two. God, I hate 2-3-2. Two, two. Uh, and so then that's that. But now, you get a day off. Why not throw Granky tomorrow? You got Granky tomorrow. You got Verlander, Verlander game, five. game 5. Cole now, game 6. Well, that's the interesting thing. Is it helps the Astros in immediately. Although, if the Yankees beat Granky, I'm not sure it necessarily helps because then they lose Granky versus doing the bullpen game. Um. But then it leaves an interesting question. I guess it depends on how the series is going. Let's say the Yankees beat Granky tomorrow and Verlander wins game six. Game, game five. five. And it's 3-2 Astros going back to Houston. Do you start Garrett Cole game six? Or do you save him for a potential game seven? I think you probably start him game six to try to nail it down, right? I think so. But then you're screwed because there's no more days off. Sunday is going to be three days rest for Granky. So, so what do you do in game seven if if you're the Astros? So it helps immediately. Because as a baseball fan, we get games five, six, four, five, six, seven, all in a row. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love baseball. Sometimes the gods are like, you think this Yankees Astros series is great? Wait till you get four, five, six, seven in four days in a row. Hey, Yankees and Astros fans, you guys think you're, you're heart healthy? Just wait till you get four <laughs> straight days of this. Um Waffle House is down the road. <laughs> I This all depends on what happens in, in game four against Granky, I think. But if the Yankees beat Granky, then which I they, think this... Which they can. And they probably should. I would bet they would. And Tanaka's going, so they have a better chance in that. Oh, Tanaka, Granky. Oh, I love playoffs. Um, what does what do they do? If Let's say it goes to game seven. Let's say the Yankees beat Verlander. They're up three to two. They have to throw Cole game six. Game seven, what do you do? Do you throw Granky on short rest? Do you I, try to go bullpen game and throw Granky in the fourth or fifth? Because the Yankees, I'm not sure what the Yankees are going to do because they're going to go Tanaka Paxton, but they haven't announced anything yet. And a Yankees bullpen game has always been an option for them, and that's what they want to do because their bullpen's really good. They're more than willing. They're like, bring it on. Right. Bring on, bring it on. So green, green opens. Maybe you oh, throw CC opens. No, green opens. Maybe CC throws for two, and then you get into the rest. That's that yeah. would be my assumption, or Hap, or whoever. It doesn't really matter at that point. I'm just curious Hap what that does for the Astros. I'm just curious. 
because then you're <clears throat> then you're kind of SOL, you know. Doing the bullpen game in game four when you're up to one seems a lot more manageable than having to think about doing it in game six or game seven. But I, but I also say this. Let's say the game started today. Okay, let's say the game actually happened today. You throw a bullpen game, you lose, most likely. Yeah. Okay, right, right? Because who, who would pitch today? Tanaka throws today? No, it would have been a bullpen game for it the Yankees. It would have been a bullpen game. Okay, okay, and I trust that game. Yankees win. Okay, so you're 2-2. Game five. Tanaka. Tanaka and Granke. Okay, we're getting that in, we're getting that in game four. Okay, but let's just say today happened. It's 2-2. Tanaka, Granke, probably give the edge to Tanaka. Probably give the edge to the Yankees. 3-2. Got to throw Garrett Cole game six. Or Verlander if you want. Or Verlander, excuse me. You got to throw Verlander game six. Wait. Is my math on this correct? Yeah. Throw Verlander game six. Verlander, I think he's touchable. I think he's touchable. Yeah, he wasn't as good the last. I mean, he was good. Don't get me wrong. He's old. But there's dominant Verlander and there's good Verlander. He was more good Verlander in that last start. Yeah. I know, but you never know. Yeah. I think the Astros, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And I think what the Astros have to rely on is I think their plate discipline has been absolutely fantastic. I think the Yankees have been very good as well. That Garrett Cole outing, Aaron Hicks. Hey, buddy, it's your turn. Back-to-back walks. Those, he had five walks in that game. Those at-bats were so gorgeous as a hitter against the quote-unquote Cy Young winner, quote-unquote best pitcher in the game right now. Aaron Hicks, That's that first walk, I was like, ooh, I like that. Hasn't played, you know, just getting into a rhythm. Good eye, gets on base. The second walk, I was like, oh, man, here we go. I'd like to thank D.D. Gregorius for swinging at the first <clears throat> pitch, three straight at-bats and doing nothing. So... I almost wonder. I love if, you, but you're a jerk. I almost wonder if you're the Astros that this pitching conundrum you're in doesn't matter because I love their plate discipline. Michael Brantley's hitting well. No, he's not. Well, better than he was last series. He, that, <clears throat> you're, getting, you're getting home runs from JJ Redick or JJ Redick, Josh Redick. You got basketball on the brain, Patrick. That never happened. We're really close. I really love college basketball. We're really close. Uh, but I think Altuve, Springer, Bregman. Correa now here here's the interesting thing I think you can I think as the Astros you can rely a little bit on your bats if need be I think I'm not sure I agree with that I think Springer has been bad I think Altuve has been great he's Jose Altuve I think Bregman's been great who by the way I, I alluded to this earlier might have been off the air I loved Alex Bregman I no longer love Alex Bregman you should hate him he is the way he holds himself is so douchey, and when you're watching him in a series this intense, it just magnifies 100%. He's so good, which makes the hate even worse, but he's so douchey, and I hate it. I hate him. He's been really good. Um, I think Brantley's been really bad. I think Alvarez has been completely lost at the plate. Guriel hasn't been that good. Correa, you're right. Correa's kind of Correa kills the Yankees, so he's kind of getting into that form a little bit. Imagine being a keeper with Carlos Correa. The uh, the Astros are not hitting to their full potential, but neither are the Yankees. But can you rely on them? At the moment, I'd say sure, but I'm hesitant because they haven't had an offensive outburst in the series yet. But I'm more they scored zero, three, and four outside of Glaber Torres, and I'm I'm not really banking on the Yanks either. I know Where, the where's, Yan- the, where's the three hundred million dollar man? Well, the Yankees have well, he's hurt. The Yankees have. LeMayhew. He can play. Ooh, DJ LeMayhew. It's been good. Played 
played great. Judge is hitting very well. Judge is hitting well, yeah. And Glaber's hitting really well. Beyond that, you're right. It's kind of the same as the Astros. you got three guys who are hitting really well, and the rest are doing fine. A couple are really struggling. Encarnacion's really struggling. Gary Sanchez is really struggling. Um, but beyond that, you're having guys who are getting on base and, and being out. It's the same as the Astros, right? I mean, this is this is the Spider-Man meme. They're pointing at each other. They're the exact same a, team. A, a. The Astros have better starting pitching. The Yankees have a better bullpen. The lineups are similar. Yeah, They're just pointing at each other going, we're all doing the same thing, and it's the playoffs, so Who's it's stressful, be- so it's not going to be exactly as pretty as we want it to be. Who's going to beat us first? Right. So, I mean, you're right. The pitching doesn't really matter for the Astros, but when push comes to shove and you get to a later point in the series, which I think we all think the series is going six or seven. Probably seven. That was my next question. I think it goes seven. I, I really do. Um, then what do you do in that situation? Because there, there, is, a, there is a little bit of a question mark there. So. Throw Granky all day, every day. I'm just joking. Don't do that. Please do that. <laughs> Throw CC all day, every day. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> there we go. Now we're even. All right, when we come back, Fair Foul is next. But first, that's my man behind the glass, Joe Fisher with sports. Oh, man, Mike and I are in a heated discussion over here, but we can't do that because it will take away from Fair Foul. So we'd like to turn this over to our fantastic producer. I think we could call it an argument if you want. Mr. Joseph Fisher III. Patrick's not mad. He's just disappointed in me. Well, I'm so mad. You called Aaron Boone great. I believe it. Well, I'll tell you something. I'm pretty heated right now after what I just read. From uh, Tyler Dumont. I, I can't talk about Hong Kong. Reporter for KPTV. He just tweeted out 22 minutes ago that the Little League announced that the Softball World Series is going to be leaving Portland's Alpenrose Field after 26 years of playing there. I don't know what that means. I didn't know that it was held there. I also yeah. don't know what Alpen Field is. It sounds Alpenrose? like Alpenrose is the milk company, the dairy Alpine. company. Alpenrose Field is in Beaverton, I imagine. In a little or bit, southwest Portland. Yeah, southwest Portland, Beaverton area. It's a dairy farm that they then were able to renovate and put a bunch of baseball fields. They have a really cool uh, field with like a home run fence for the kids. It's a, I've played there before. As a kid growing up in this area, playing at Alpenrose is one of the more fun things you can do being a young tyke playing baseball in the area. Boring. Um, Are they using softball, wood bats or metal bats? Well, it's softball uh, Little League World Series. So, I'm not sure that, you can really say that about Little League there, Patrick. That's a pretty big stretch. Yeah. Wood bats, man. <laughs> but anyways, the softball World Series is going to be leaving Portland's Alpen Rose Field after 26 years. Every it's, single Little a, League game is a soft a ground ball si- in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and a single tear fell from Joe Fisher's eyes. All Traces. right. On to uh, baseball stuff now. Um, the Angels. Sierra Nevada Palo. Made it official. Uh, I believe we even just brought it up last week that uh, we were wondering if the Angels were going to be naming Joe Madden as the manager, and they went in and did so today. So fair or foul, Angels going to make the postseason in their first season with Joe Madden at the helm. Holy crap. Um, there. Joe, Joe Madden <laughs> has made quite a big turnaround for multiple teams when he's taken over. And I think the Angels have enough talent. They just haven't had the right guy to put it all together. Dead or alive. Whoa. That was a little I'm sad what is, now. What's going on? I'm sad, but I'm also like, the way he died was kind of messed up now. Well, yeah. It's weird. Anyway, um, who else in that division 
is really truly going to challenge outside of Houston. Maybe Oakland, right? But Oakland goes through these peaks and valleys a lot where they're really good and then they're really bad and they're really good and they're really bad. Texas was pretty good for a while this year. And then they collapsed. And then the Mariners and the Mariners. So why not the Angels? Mike Trout will be healthy. Still the best player in baseball by far. And he makes some moves in the offseason. Garrett Cole from Anaheim. And uh, maybe that's a guy you can go try and add. Is Jerry DePoto in Anaheim right now? No, he's in Seattle. Don't worry, Anaheim. You don't have to deal with him anymore. So maybe you make some moves. And I think Joe Madden kind of kicks that clubhouse into gear because, look, I liked Mike Mike Sosha a lot when he was early in his career managing there. But he was kind of the same way as maybe Bruce Bochy is in my mind. As the the game changed, they didn't want to change, and it kind of left them behind a little bit. And then you bring in Brad Ausmus for a year, which you knew was a mistake, right? The second they hired him, you're like, did you see what he did in Detroit? Nothing? Yeah, why did you hire him? Uh, it didn't work out. So you got a guy who is innovative, who fixes culture at least early on, and then kind of in both places he had some issues later, but deal with that later. Fixes culture, great manager, great tactical manager. I think they make the playoffs. Fair. Uh, I go foul on this, and there's a multitude of reasons here. I don't love... The pitching staff, I think the hitting is pretty solid. I don't love the pitching staff. Uh, I need to see some sort of breakout from some young kid at any moment. That is the name of the game in baseball today. And I, and I think the infrastructure of this organization is under some really big problems right now as they do deal with, uh, you know, they've got... DEA running around and the investigation in Tyler Skaggs and all this stuff. But I think one of the bigger things that that says to me that I don't love this hire, especially knowing everything else that's available, is it's only a three-year deal, which to me says, you don't get us to the playoffs in two years, you're out, which makes me think that this Angels infrastructure, this ownership, does not have realistic goals. When you're in a division with the Astros, who are set to win for a little while now and are willing to take on an old man Zach Granke contract. Although an old man Justin Verlander they contract. They will almost guaranteed lose Garrett Cole because they can't afford him. Okay, well, they're still going to be pretty No, good. no, I'm just saying the Astros are going to have some tough decisions soon. You're right. They're going to be in first for at least a couple more years, but there's tough decisions coming. I would have liked to see Madden for five years, and that would tell me that, okay, Anaheim is invested in him. They'll do this. I don't like that organization right now. I think there are issues internally that aren't baseball related that I think may cause problems. I'll say foul. All right. Um, now moving on to some stat-based questions. By the way, Mike Trout is still the greatest player I've ever seen play. Joe baseball. Madden says that we should change the MLB logo to Mike Trout. He says Jerry West is the NBA logo. We should make Mike Trout the MLB logo. Fair. <laughs> thousand <Yeah>. billion times. <laughs> I don't need to do a fair foul on that one. His, um, like, high inside swing for a bomb. Yeah, I want it. Uh, so moving on to some stats. Can you guys tell me? The truth on this one. I mean, the the Nationals have been damn good, obviously. They're going to the World Series. Makes it pretty good. Starting pitching has been pretty solid. So do they, fair or foul, have three pitchers, starting pitchers, that have sub two ERAs in the playoffs? Yeah. Fair. Absolutely. Three pitchers. Anibal Sanchez is definitely one of them. Uh, Steven Strasburg is definitely one of them. And I guess the other question would be who would be the other guy? I think Scherzer did have a bad or an iffy start in there. You said sub two ERA? Sub two. Did Corbin start in the first series? Because he pitched great in the second one. Hmm. I'm still going to say fair, but I'm not sure who the third guy would be. 
I'm going to go with the answer is foul. I believe Steven Strasburg's ERA is a little up because he did get knocked around by the Dodgers in that start he had there. He did settle down, but I believe he gave up three runs in the first inning, if I'm not mistaken, in that game five. He gave up zero in the second, so... Maybe. Yeah. It might yeah. be around. Yeah, you might be right. I'm going to say foul. I'm going to give it to Anibal Sanchez. I'm going to give it to Max Scherzer. Uh, I'm going to say foul, though, because Strauss is your odd man out, which is wild because he looks so good. In 12.2 innings, Anibal Sanchez, 0.71 ERA. Jesus. <laughs> Steven Strasburg in 22 innings pitched, 1.64 ERA. <laughs> I'll eat that, Max Scherzer, 20 innings pitched, 1.8 ERA. Oof. It was Scherzer. Oof. Patrick Corbin, 7.43. Oh, he had a really <laughs> bad start. He did, get, he did get lit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Three starting pitchers with sub two ERAs going into the World Series. That, wow. uh, that'll instill some confidence. That'll do it. You. And uh, the Cardinals, they had to bear the brunt of those uh, three starting pitchers. And they look terrible. They look so terrible that their one, two, three, four hitters, fair or foul, batted below 150 combined in the series. So that would be, I'm considering this Fowler because he was the lead off, lead off three of the four games. And then you got Goldschmidt, you got Wong, and um, Ozuna. Ozuna. I'm going to go ahead and say foul. Combined 150. I'm going to say four games. Foul on this one. Ozuna. Despite some of the issues he had, actually got on base a couple of times. He had a couple of doubles, a couple of big hits. I think Goldschmidt hit a double in the last game, got on base a couple of times. I think Fowler sucked. I think Wong sucked. But I think it's probably, they probably hit more like 200 than 150 or maybe 220. So I'm going to say foul. Yeah, this is a tough question. It, it kind of feels like a trap question. Um, I know that their, it, their run production was horrendous. But because, you know... I'm going to say fair simply because Bryce Harper doesn't play for the Washington Nationals. And I think the Cardinals are bad because Bryce Harper plays in Philly. Is that a good enough answer? Good enough for me. I'm going to stick with that. All right. So, Paul Goldschmidt, he went in his four games, one for 16. Holla. Marcel Zunia went uh, a solid three of 16. There were those doubles I was thinking of. Getting hot. He got one double, so. There was that one double. The double you were talking about. Um, Was Colton Wong? Yeah, Colton Wong was also part of this. He went two of 14. So we got it's one of seven. Three, five, for six you, hits so far. For all you drug dealers out there, that's one of seven. And Dexter Fowler went zero of 11. Ofer? Well, we knew that. He looked terrible. What did Bob Euchre say in Major League? One hit. We got one GD hit. So that's six. Oh, yeah, Joe. I think they were below. Six of like 90. 90. Whoa. <laughs> that's like six of like 40. Yeah, is that below 150? Most certainly is below 150. It's a total of 105, actually, between those four hitters. Good God, thanks for playing. What if Mike Matheny was the coach? When does Yadi Molina get named the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals? Now, the Cardinal that had the best series uh, at the plate, um, Jose Martinez, by far, he went 5 of 10 from the dish, and he had three walks. Well, he's 7'7", so that helps. (laughs) Uh, So he was by far the best uh, at the plate for the Cardinals. But, yeah, uh, not exactly what you want out of your top four hitters there. 
105 average. Wait till Yadi Molina takes over that team. But hey, pitching uh, pitching is what's important in, ba- in the playoffs, though, right? I suppose so. I mean, it is, yeah. Yes. I suppose so. <laughs> that is fair or foul. When we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up. This is the hot quarter, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Right, Mike? Cyclists are the worst. Whoa! What? I ain't got a problem saying that. I guess you don't have the feud with cyclists at this station. I don't know. I'll start one. Mike. I'll start one. Cody Rhodes, Stardust, getting his behind wolf by Chris Jericho. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I just want to confirm this and not spend too much time on it, but Cody Rhodes is Gold Dust. Like, that's his actual name? Stardust. 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 Okay, I was thinking, you know who I was thinking of. His father, Dustin Rhodes. Is is Gold Dust. Dust. Yeah. Wow. And then Dustin Rhodes' dad is Dusty Rhodes. And this is all not real, right? They're not actually related, and this no, is all... No, they're all related. Oh. That's all wrestling legacy. That's legacy stuff. Well, one thing, then, uh, wrestling that's real. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Good to see that the one son is doing the secondary thing and not the real thing. Yeah, I know, and he's also, like... <laughs> Seriously. He's also, like, tall and skinny to where both his, like, the other legacies are big dudes. I personally want to see Gold Dust out there. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike is like so alarmed right now. I'm not alarmed. I'm just like, I don't know. What's Why happening. are they touching themselves right now? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to Pullman this weekend. Yeah, Why? You are. Uh, it's homecoming. Uh, Do you go back for homecoming every year? Is no. That a, is no. that a thing still? Like, No, I mean, I don't go back for homecoming every year. We I went just to wanted, one homecoming ever. What just is wanted... homecoming in general? Like you're already at school for a whole month. It's not like. It's for everybody else that doesn't go there. Well, yeah. It's I'm... a coming of home. Joe, I mean, like, it's in the name. It's after you graduate, you go home. Yeah. Is that, like, I literally thought about that about a month ago. I was like, what is homecoming? Like, where did it start? What is the point of it? Is that literally what it is? Yeah. I'm really asking this question. Now, the the difference is in high school, I feel like it's a little bit different than college. Yeah, because people kind of already They have, like, the homecoming court and the king and queen and all of those are current students, which is a little bit weird. But But it's all a weekend for all the alumni to come back. Yes, yes. So that's still what the that, same thing. That's what that is, though. Yes. Without a doubt. Okay. They're that's what it's coming home. Yeah. I mean, it was past me. I just thought, hey, another dance is coming up. Cool. So I'm really worried about this because game kickoff is 4:30 on Saturday. Against playing who? Colorado. Mm. Colorado. Oh, sorry. I like that Washington Yaddo. Um, 84:80. I believe your prediction was <laughs> loss. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna the that game day on Saturday in Pullman is a high of forty seven and continuous rain all day. Great, that sounds miserable. I know. I don't know what didn't, to do. Didn't Man, the last uh, time you go to homecoming, you had to sit in the rain the entire game? Uh, no, that was the Apple Cup where it snowed for only the first four quarters of the game and nothing before and nothing after <laughs> the Apple Cup to win us the North and potentially do like some serious damage in like I don't know national rankings. Yeah. Trophy. yeah, no, it didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. And it's probably never going to happen because you tell us. But the good news is. <laughs> Got your number. The good news is I now know how to uh, dress for that game. Hey, Patrick, do you want me to let you know what it feels like to beat Washington? 
oh, my God, is this a moment where an Oregon fan gets out of their britches and starts bragging to me about how they're so much better yet haven't beat Wazoo in four years and still haven't beat us this year? Is this what I'm waiting for? When you beat Washington, it feels pretty good. Oh, my God, one time out of 30 years feels so great. You guys are so cool. You know, you get the win, and it feels good. It actually means something. You don't go home all downtrodden like, well, been through this again. And then you went to Wazoo the next week and got smacked around by by a bunch of Gardner Minshew. Wow, we were about to have our sef- uh, second dump of the night, weren't we? No, we're fine. <laughs> then he he's looking smacked, at you. Then like he got a, smacked around by a bunch of Gardner Minshews, and the game was over. <laughs> Mike is looking at you like such a disappointed father. <laughs> Mike is so <laughs> mad at me right now. Just literally leaned over, hand up, like, what the hell are you doing, buddy? <sighs> <laughs> that was not the tone that was in my head at that point. What Joe said was more close to the tone, like, really? <laughs> Again? I'm sorry, that, that was good. I need to get off the air. Can someone else mail this show out? Well, we're almost done, so. <laughs> and Joe's like, oh, click, 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 click. Let's play the song. Is that how you think the producing works? Click, 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 click. Yeah, well, I don't know. Button mashing like you're playing Zelda. I don't know. I got to sneeze, though. <laughs> Bless you. I told you. Good radio here. Anyway, I'm going to Pullman. I'm going to have a lot of fun. I don't know. Do you think we'll win? Be safe. That that trip up there is scary. I know. We're in an RV, so I'm going to drink the whole way. I haven't watched Wazoo yet this year. I've just seen the box scores and been disappointed. So You should try watching the games. <laughs> be way more disappointed. Uh, yeah, you'll probably win. Yeah? I hope so. I really do. Home, well, rain. Guy on the TV is getting his hands taped now. We we throw the football. Yes. The Colorado rain. also throws the football. The rain. Throw the football. I just love that the Huskies suck, and this is the year to beat them, and we're terrible. Anyway. Anyway, that's Mike Lynch, Joe Fisher behind the glass. I'm Patrick Harris. We'll be back next week. Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow. Go do something I would do, like dump twice. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.